and welcome to your Nutrition and Wellbeing podcast for Southwest Institute for Teaching. I'm your host, Jen McDiamond, Nutritional Therapist, and in this month's podcast, we are going to be discussing the world of stress. Now, stress is a really, really vast topic, and to say that we can cover all aspects of it, especially when we think about lifestyle and nutrition support in this podcast, would be a slight underestimation. But hopefully, in this podcast, we can discuss some of the fundamental basics and some really important top tips that you could take away in order to help support your levels of stress. Now, stress is something that so many of us experience. And actually, if you look at so much of the research and the data that's come out, especially post-COVID and post the pandemic, the amount of people that are experiencing stress in the workplace, at home, and how that stress is actually manifesting in physical symptoms, in taking time off work, in impacting sleep, impacting our relationships, even impacting our digestion, the food that we're craving and the food that we put into our body is higher now than it ever has been before. So actually understanding your body and perhaps how much stress you are exposed to is a really, really important place to go if we're going to think about our overall health and well-being. Now, stress is something that we are designed to experience and our body is equipped to cope with stress. And when we experience stress, your body will enter what we call the fight or flight phase, which is something that you might have heard of before. And the fight or flight phase is where your body will understand that we have been exposed to a form of stress and then your body will start to change what's going on in terms of its energy flow in terms of the hormones that are being produced in terms of how the different systems of the body are working in order for your body to be able to either fight the thing that is causing a stress or to be able to run away from it so we are designed to deal with this stress the problem is that our bodies haven't really caught up with modern day life and modern day expectation. So this fight or flight response that we have in our body is really designed to be done in a sort of short sharp burst and then for our bodies to be able to return back to a very normal and calm state. But because of modern day living and because of, you know, work pressure, life pressure, the amount of stuff that we try to fit into our day, perhaps impacting our sleep patterns at night, how much we're holding in our head, how many things that we're juggling all at one go. We're not anymore exposed to these little short, sharp bursts of stress, but they actually estimate the average person is exposed to over a hundred different, what they call micro stressors every day. So these micro stresses are little stresses that come along. So for example, it could be that we realize we're running late for a meeting or we leave the supermarket and realize we forgot a key ingredient or we're stuck in traffic or the children are arguing over dinner time. Any of the little things that actually aren't huge things that would, you know, be um, needed for the fight or flight response. So they're not these things that really are going to threaten our survival, but our body doesn't start to differentiate the difference between them. And as we're exposed to more and more of these micro stresses every day, it means that we're never really moving out of this window of stress into this window of calm. And actually short term, but then really moving into the long term, that's when it can really start to have an impact on our 
ability to cope with future stress in terms of our mood and our emotion, in terms of our overall well-being, that's when we can really start to notice that maybe we aren't feeling quite as robust as we did or maybe people are coming to us with problems that before we were able to cope with and all of a sudden we're thinking, why am I feeling more stressed? Why aren't I able to cope with it? And it's not because maybe your stress levels have increased now, but that cumulative effect means it's really starting to have an impact on your body. So if we think about stress, stress really does mean different things to different people. It could be that you maybe have experienced one of these huge life changes and a huge life event that's caused your stress levels to increase. Or you could be somebody that actually is experiencing this sort of steady drip feed every day of these hundred different micro stresses. As I said, it means different things to different people. But what we want to do is think whether it's coming from a big life event or whether it's because it's becoming from these smaller constant stresses. We really want to think about what we can do to support the body and the particular part of the body that's responsible for producing these hormones that we need when we're stressed are our adrenal glands. So that they're designed to help support us when we enter this phase or fight or flight. But if we think about how hard they have to work with these micro stresses with the increased level of stress that we're all exposed to, they're not really quite you know, designed to be able to cope with it. So we really want to think about what we can do from a nutrition and lifestyle point of view to help support our adrenal glands but also to really help them make an appropriate amount of the stress hormone whether they are stuck in a sort of on mode or whether they've got to an exhaustion mode and a really great way to understand what that means is to think about something called the general adaptation syndrome I'm not sure if it's something that you've heard of before but if you go onto google and look at it it's a great way for us to depict three different stages of stress. So if we look at the general adaptation syndrome, you've got to think about a little triangle. And at the top of the triangle, we've got a bubble which is called homeostasis. And homeostasis is basically the bubble or the area where your body is in a stress-free state. So this is where nothing is happening physically, emotionally, mentally to us to cause us to feel worried or anxious or to have that heightened state of stress. And it's the bubble that our body really tries to get back to. Your body will work really hard to try to get to this homeostasis bubble because if we don't want to feel stressed, your body you know, really doesn't want to be in that heightened state for too long. Now, if we are exposed to a, say, micro stress, say, for example, um, we realize that we've forgotten to take something into work with us that was really needed for a lesson, or maybe we're running late for a meeting, that's when your body will go, oh, crumbs, we need to have an appropriate response. We're stressed. We need to get those adrenal glands to kick in. So we go into that fight or flight mode that I just mentioned, where your adrenal glands will get the signal to say, we need to feel stressed. They will release some of the stress hormones your body will go into this heightened state so it will start to release lots of stored sugar to get energy into our muscles you might notice that you start to feel switched on you might notice the hairs on your arms stand up you might notice that your heart starts to beat a bit faster some people find when we're in that state they 
physically have to move they can't sit down because of that surge of energy but then hopefully we'll realize that it's fine we don't need that piece of information for the lesson we're going to teach or actually we managed to make it to the meeting there weren't any problems with us running late so whatever that stress might be it will end and then your body will then go oh thank goodness for that we don't need to feel stressed anymore we can send like a negative feedback mechanism to the adrenal glands to say we don't need all of those stress hormones being produced we can go back to that lovely calm state and we very quickly move back to that lovely calm homeostasis bubble now if we think about what I just said about these 100 different micro stresses, if you are that person who's exposed to those, you are not going to get that lovely feedback mechanism to get you to that homeostasis bubble. And actually, instead, before your adrenal glands have got a calm, time to calm down and stop producing those stress hormones, something else is going to come up, and then the next thing, and then the next thing. So all of a sudden, we can find that we move in the general adaptation syndrome from this homeostasis bubble to a bubble called resistance. Now the resistance bubble is where we are constantly living with a high level of these stress hormones coursing around the body. You've got to think about the resistance phase being like somebody has switched your adrenal glands on and then not getting the opportunity to switch off. So if you're in the resistance bubble, you may well start to notice some changes in your emotional well-being, but your physical well-being. So you might notice that all of a sudden you feel like you've got to be on the go all the time. You've constantly got a hundred things on your to-do list and you're somebody who cannot sit back and think, oh, don't worry about it. I'll deal with it tomorrow. You are thinking all of the time, I've got to get through this. I've got so much to do. And if somebody told you, don't worry about it, just sit down and rest, you might get quite an angry, short-tempered reaction where you think, how dare you say I should sit down and relax? I've got so much to do. How do you not realize? You will find that if somebody was saying, I don't know, telling you a story, you might be thinking, quick, get on to the end of it. I've got lots on my plate to do. You will probably have real trouble relaxing in the evening. You'll probably notice that your sleep patterns start to get impaired, where you're getting off to sleep okay, but you're waking up with lots of broken sleep during the night. You will notice when you're in this resistance phase that you're probably much more short-tempered than you used to be. You've got a lot less patience than you need to, used to have, but you will also notice in this phase you've probably started to crave sugary project produce if I can speak sorry sugary produce carbohydrates caffeine all of those food groups are really really things that you need to have simply because your body is looking for these artificial hits to keep your adrenal glands going when you're in this phase, it's because your body, as I said, has switched on and it cannot switch off on its own. So you're in this sort of wired, on the go, all of the time phase. And sometimes we don't really notice that we've got there. Sometimes we don't realize that we've got to this resistance phase because it's almost become the norm for us to always feel busy, always feel stressed, always feel a little bit exhausted and a little bit frazzled. Now, if we look at the last phase of this general adaptation syndrome, it's one that's called exhaustion. And it's almost at the final stage that we would get to in terms of our stress response. So if we sit in this resistance phase for too long, or actually we have a huge life event that happens to us, eventually your adrenal glands will get to a place where they go, I cannot keep producing these stress hormones. I'm absolutely shattered and it's been going on too long. I cannot physically have that same output that I had before. 
So when you're in the exhaustion phase, you get to a phase where actually you feel completely exhausted, you feel really low, and you really get to a place where you feel that you just can't cope with day-to-day life. If somebody came to you with a problem when you're in the exhaustion phase, you would physically feel like you just wanted to go to sleep or you wanted to hide under the quilt. Even if it was something that was really quite a small problem, your body wouldn't actually be able to produce those stress hormones to get you to have an appropriate response to that stress. Your body is physically saying, not going to happen. It's gone on for too long. I cannot cope with any more stress response. It's just not possible. Now, what I would say is when we think about those three phases, so either the lovely calm homeostasis phase, the switched on resistance phase, or the exhaustion phase, you may find that on any given day, you might float a little bit between resistance and exhaustion. Hopefully, some of you are listening to this and think, actually, I do recognize the homeostasis bubble. Or some of you might think, no, I'm absolutely in resistance or I'm absolutely in exhaustion. The really positive thing to note is wherever you are, your adrenal glands really do have the ability to heal and repair and to move back to make an appropriate level of these stress hormones we just really need to give them a bit of a helping hand so what we can do first of all before we look at some of the key things in nutrition is to actually think about some of our lifestyle factors that maybe we're not aware or maybe we've chosen to forget can actually add towards our stress and actually add towards us being in the resistance or exhaustion phase and as much as I'm a qualified nutritional therapist we do need to have a really holistic approach when it comes to our stress and it isn't a case of doing things that maybe aren't going to be great for us and then just you know adding in a few B vitamins. We really need to think about lifestyle as well as nutrition all at the same time. So the first thing to think about is actually our use of social media. And when we look at lots of the research, people now especially are finding social media is something that can really start to impact our mental well-being, but actually can really make us feel stressed. Social media is something that's almost a platform where we can create this artificial perfect world and if we're feeling a bit vulnerable if we're feeling a bit stressed if we've got a lot going on if we're feeling a bit low actually starting to look at social media and seeing all of these posts these pictures these amazing lives that other people are depicting really can actually increase our stress levels and the research shows especially if we're on social media in the evening so I guess if you're somebody who looks at Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and all of the other social media platforms but you notice it's starting to make you feel a bit stressed, then definitely think about maybe having a break, coming away from it. Because remember, it isn't something that is factual and it's something where people can create what they would like to create. So really think about whether you're somebody who's got a bit addicted to social media and the impact that's having on your stress. And actually reducing your amount of social media time really, really can, by looking at all of the research, reduce our overall stress levels. On the back of that, a lot of us can be guilty in the evenings when we do finally sit down, when the children are asleep, when we finish work, whatever it might be. That's the time where your brain needs to start to switch off. And when we think about sleep hygiene that we've talked about in other podcasts, that's the time of the day that we want to start to be dimming the lights. We want to be having some lavender oil and calming ourselves down, helping the body to produce lots of that lovely sleepy hormone, melatonin. But so many of us can find that we sit, we go on our phones, and then we start scrolling on social media. And before we know it, we've been on there for hours, and we know that we should be trying to get to bed. We know 
know we should be having that good night's sleep, but you know, we end up staying up late because we are on social media. Now, the blue light from the screen, that looking at a screen, all of those things will really work against having a really good, solid, restorative sleep at night. And when we think about quality of sleep and we think about lack of sleep, too little sleep, too little good quality sleep directly impacts our stress levels. So we've got to not just think about stress being things that come from external sources into the body. We are exposed to external stress, which is most of the things that I've talked about in terms of meetings, children arguing, I don't know, forgetting work, um, driving your car into lamppost, whatever it might be. But we also get impacted by internal stress. And that's the things that go on inside our body. Now, your body doesn't know the difference between the two. So your body doesn't know that we feel stressed because we have driven our car into the lamppost or because we stayed up on social media and therefore we only got five hours sleep. Your body only understands that stress is stress so it will deal with both in exactly the same way. So I guess the positives to take from that are often external stress are things that are outside of our control but internal stress can be things that are within our control so if we then think you know what I'm going to reduce my amount of time on social media because it is making me feel stressed and I'm going to really focus on sleep hygiene and getting a really good night's sleep we're actually removing two big components that actually contribute towards our internal stress And therefore, we're reducing our overall stress profile, which means if we start to do that, you may well notice that if something comes up in terms of our external stress, you've got more stress hormones able to cope with that response and you can deal with it in a much more robust way because our overall stress response has come down. Now, on the back of that, there's a brilliant book. Um, by a gentleman called John Arden, which is called Rewire Your Brain. Now, this is a brilliant book for anybody who's really interested in the world of neurogenesis and neuroscience. And it's literally about how through learned experience, through us revisiting negative emotion around situations, we actually can have really heightened stress levels and start to create anxiety and negative emotions around different situations. And actually by rewiring our brain we can change that emotion simply by thinking about the connections that are made when we feel stressed or upset and actually changing those to positive emotion and actually we can start to really reduce our overall stress levels down. So if anybody's really interested in this world of neurogenesis and the world of neuroscience This book is brilliant because actually it can give you some brilliant tips about what we can do in gentle practices at home to reduce this internal negative dialogue that can really contribute towards that internal stress. So I definitely say have a look at that one if it's an area of interest to you. Then the last two bits that we will quickly focus on in this podcast in terms of lifestyle support for uh, for stress is thinking about how much movement we're having every day. And often, lack of movement really can start to negatively impact our stress levels. And when I'm talking about movement, I'm not saying about going to the gym and doing really intensive HIIT exercise classes or spin classes or whatever it might be, if that's not the right thing for you. Movement is simply about moving your body more. If you're sitting at a classroom desk, if you're sitting at a desk uh, with a computer screen, if you're in that same position for longer than 20 minutes, your body will really start to get dehydrated. The muscles and the tissues in your body will really start to get dehydrated. 
But also if we think about the blood flow around the body, where we want to get an amazing amount of blood flowing into all of our key organs and down into our gut, if we're sat in a still position, that's not going to happen. And actually it can really make the body trigger lots of this internal stress that I've mentioned. So again, think about your levels of movement. Is there stuff that you can do to get moving more? If you've got computer meetings where you'd normally do it over Zoom or Teams, could you change those to telephone meetings where you could start to walk more? Rather than taking the car to the corner shop, could you walk there instead? It's not these big exercise things that we're talking about it's literally just physically moving more stretching more getting up from that desk more walking around more and it can really help to reduce this internal stress now the last thing that is really powerful and really positive thing to do is something called vagus nerve breathing. Now, next month in our last podcast of this podcast series, we're going to be talking all about gut health. And gut health and stress levels and emotional well-being are intrinsically linked simply because we produce most of our really good feel-good hormones such as our serotonin down in our gut. So what we want to do if we want to think about reducing our stress is really focus on our gut health and make sure that we're getting all of those amazing hormones and neurotransmitters coming up into our brain to help to lift our mood and reduce things such as GABA which actually can make us feel more agitated and more stressed. Now the reason that we're talking about gut health very quickly now is all linked with your vagus nerve. Now your vagus nerve is the longest nerve that you've got in your body and it runs from the bottom of your brain, it travels down your spine, it touches all of the organs in your upper body and it sits at the top of your gut. Now you want to think about your vagus nerve a little bit like a motorway where signals are running in two different directions. So anything that's going on in our brain will travel down through the body into our gut, but also anything that's going on in the gut will also be absorbed and travel back up to the brain. So often we can find if we get stressed, we will get a change in our digestion. You might notice that you've got an urgency to pop to the toilet. You might notice that you feel more bloated. You might find that actually you get a bit more conscious constipated but also we can start to get a change in our emotion in terms of how much of the feel-good hormones from our gut are traveling back up to the brain so if we think about trying to get that communication going between the brain and the gut and getting all of those really good neuro neurotransmitters from the gut up to the brain one of the best things that we can do is to stimulate this vagus nerve through lots of different things but vagus nerve breathing is brilliant this is a brilliant practice to do at any time during the day. I would always recommend trying to get into the habit of doing this practice for five minutes a couple of times a day. Or if there's a moment where you've got some acute stress going on, so something might have happened, maybe you're feeling really nervous, you've got to do a big presentation, you've realized that you've forgotten that thing in the shop and you think, oh crumbs, I can feel that fight or flight response coming up. Doing some vagus nerve breathing is a brilliant way of switching off that stress and getting the body to calm down, get the oxygen into the body and get those neurotransmitters from the gut up to the brain to help override that stress response. So there's lots of ways to do this, but one of the best ways is if you were sitting in a chair at the moment whilst listening to this podcast, sit towards the front of your chair. I'm physically doing this while I'm recording the podcast. 
So you're not leaning back in the chair and put both of your feet flat on the ground. Now, when we put our feet flat on the ground, it's a very grounding experience for our body. We start to get lots of the really positive electrons coming from the earth up into the body, but it also helps us to feel really safe. And when we feel stressed, feeling safe is a really important thing to do to try and combat that stress response. Now, if you're like me, you're so used to sitting at a computer, so we often find that actually we sit slightly curved forward, so our spine is curved and our shoulders are rounded forward. So just think about your posture right now, and then if you can, think about sitting upright and pushing your shoulders back. So we're really lengthening that spine, therefore we're lengthening that vagus nerve. And straight away, people often find when they do that, they get goosebumps down their leg, often they might find that they sort of get a bit of a shiver and it's physically because we're starting to energize and wake up that really important vagus nerve. Then what you want to do is you want to think about your breathing. How quickly are you breathing and where are you breathing into? And often when we've got a lot of stress, if we're in that resistance phase, if we're in the fight or flight or the exhaustion phase, it means that our breathing rate increases because our heart rate is increased, but also we don't breathe properly. So what we want to do is we want to think about this long vagus nerve and we want to think about how we're meant to breathe and that's not in a shallow way in our chest but actually that's in a really slow deep way down into our belly. So just sit thinking about your breathing and thinking about slowing your breathing down. So you want to observe the sort of count of four breathing. So you breathe in for the count of four, hold for the count of four, breathe out for the count of four, hold for the count of four and repeat that. Now when you're doing that breathing, make sure you can physically see your belly going in and going out. So we're really getting that oxygen, that breath right down into the body. It's the slow deep breathing that your body really needs and I promise when you start to do this breathing at those acute stress moments or just as part of your daily practice, it's such a powerful way to move from that exhaustion or resistance phase back towards that homeostasis phase. Even if it's just for a small little pocket of the day that we manage to get there, it's still going to help the body and bit by bit over time, it means we've got greater opportunity to get back to that homeostasis bubble more often and really start to reverse this acute stress response that we can have. Now, if we touch on the nutrition side of things, there's lots of things to be mindful of that actually can further contribute towards this internal stress that I've talked about. Too much caffeine creates internal stress because it is a really big stimulant. Too much sugar, the white refined carbohydrates do as well, simply because it means that we start to get those energy highs and energy lows that we've talked about in some of the other podcasts. And this irregular blood sugar level from having too much sugar is one of the big players of this internal stress. Irregular eating patterns where we go too long without food and your body starts to get too hungry. There is lots of positive research around intermittent fasting. So it's not to go against that, but it's where maybe we're fueling our body on, you know, a couple of biscuits and three cups of coffee. It's those types of irregular eating patterns that we're talking about. Too much alcohol is going to create lots of internal stress. Cigarettes, recreational drugs, 
any of those things will really contribute towards our internal stress levels. So maybe have a quick little jot down of where you think maybe I am having, you know, too much screen time. Maybe I'm not focusing on movement. Maybe I am focusing on too much caffeine to keep me going. Are there any little quick wins here that you can make in order to reduce things that burden your body with stress, but also from a lifestyle point of view, help to reduce your stress levels? Then from a nutritional point of view, the top five little areas to focus on. First of all, it's hydration. We really need to make sure that the body is fully hydrated. If it's not hydrated, it's going to really impact your gut levels. It's going to really impact the positive bacteria that we've got, making all of those feel-good neurotransmitters. But also remember the gut's the site where we absorb most of our key nutrients. So if we want to think about all of those amazing minerals and vitamins that can come in to support our stress levels, we've got to make sure that our gut's in the best working condition in order to do that. But listen into next month's podcast where we will talk about the world of gut health in much more detail. But hydrating the body is so key. Mental clarity, energy, all of the things where often we feel groggy and we feel tired. So we reach for more of that caffeine or that sugar, which then just creates more stress in the body, actually really can be alleviated by simply hydrating. So if you've not focused on water intake yet, really start to think about getting more water into your body. We want to aim for around two liters of water every day, but remember, it doesn't just have to be water. Fruit teas, herbal teas will count towards your water intake. Either to push you wanted to, you could add in tea and coffee, although in an ideal world, we would be looking more at the water and herbal tea side of things. But don't forget, food can actually be really hydrating as well. If you've got a really good intake of fruits and vegetables, especially the non-root vegetables, they've got a really high water intake. So actually, it isn't just about forcing yourself to drink all of those glasses of water. It's thinking about your overall hydration and the overall intake of water throughout the day. That's really key. Secondly, we want to think about our intake of protein. Now, protein is an amazing food group and it's got so many different roles in the body. It's used for healing and repairing. It's used to help produce hormones. So think about the stress hormones that we need to produce. It's used to help to stabilize your blood sugar levels. So that's really going to reduce your internal stress levels. But also it's really needed in the body for using all of the different building blocks to help keep the body in a really robust, in a really positive way. And often when we're stressed, we get lots of inflammation in the body and that's when we can start to get some damage at cellular level. So having a good intake of protein while we're going through these periods of stress is going to be so key. We've talked about protein in the other podcast, so definitely go back and revisit it. But just as a little reminder, we're thinking about protein as part of every meal that you're having and as part of any snack. So that's when you can think about natural yogurt, you can think about cottage cheese, you could be thinking about nut butters, you could be thinking about protein shakes, any little things to go along with the snacks to get those protein levels increased, that's great. And remember, it's not just focusing on meat, you get protein in all different food groups, including plant-based ones. So thinking about that variety, but focusing on protein is key. Next, there are two amazing different um, vitamins and minerals that will really support the body when stressed. The first, I guess the biggest player in terms of these extra boosters would be looking at your magnesium. Now, magnesium is what they call nature's tranquilizer because it really helps the body to switch off. It helps the muscle tension in the body to relax. It helps the nervous system to calm down. And actually, it's a really powerful thing to help encourage the body back to that 
homeostasis bubble. So think about your intake of magnesium. Now you're thinking about things like green leafy vegetables, you're thinking about nuts, you're thinking about seeds, we're thinking about whole grain produce. So really where you can, I guess for the magnesium and also B vitamins that I'll talk about in a second, we want to think about moving away from really processed, refined produce and trying to get to like the whole grain produce and things that are, you know, eaten in the way that they've been grown. So the more we can go back to eating things in the way that nature intended them to be grown and eaten, the more we're going to get this magnesium. If you find switching off in the evenings is really challenging, then think about boosting up your magnesium at nighttime. Epsom salts that can go in the bath is a brilliant way to get magnesium into the body. Or you can think about magnesium supplements if you want an extra booster. But as I always say with supplements, always just double check with me first or anybody else who's qualified to make sure that they're safe for you to take, especially if you've got any form of ill health or you're taking any medication. As I mentioned a second ago, B vitamins are also brilliant at supporting the stress levels in the body. As a little, I guess, Brucey bonus, B vitamins are also really good at boosting our energy levels. So if anybody's finding that in that exhaustion phase where they're struggling to sort of move forward, B vitamins can be brilliant at helping to move out of the exhaustion phase whilst boosting our energy levels at the same time. And again, B vitamins, you're looking at pretty similar foods to magnesium, which is really, really good. So you're not trying to focus on two different food groups groups. But when we think about B vitamins, I would say B vitamins are what we call water soluble, which means we can't store them in our body. So you need to make sure that you're getting a really good daily supply of those coming in. And they are the ones that if you have them in supplement form, you often find that your urine might turn a bright green color, simply because as I said, we can't store them. So your body will naturally eliminate any excess ones often through your urine. So thinking about boosting up your B vitamins, can be great. We are, as I said, looking at similar foods. So you're looking at your green leafy vegetables. Salmon's got a good intake of B vitamins. Um, any form of the plant-based proteins like your legumes are really good. Beef, eggs have all got B vitamins in as well. So the list is quite extensive. It's more a case of just making sure that we're really getting those into our eating pattern. And often we can go to the supermarket, we can buy those food groups so they're in the fridge and we think, well, I have lots of those. But then when you start to focus on what you're actually eating, we can notice that actually because of being stressed, we're more grabbing the crisps and the biscuits and the caffeine. And actually what's going into our body isn't represented with what's in our fridge. So it's really a case of making sure if we're buying it, we are actually eating it to get the benefit from it. And then lastly, I'm aware this is a slightly longer podcast, but as I said, the topic of stress is really quite extensive. There's a couple of herbs that can be really good, but definitely check with me or somebody else qualified before taking these. CBD oil has got some really good early research about its benefits in reducing our stress levels and supporting levels of anxiety. Because it's herbal, it can be really quite potent and quite strong and you can get different strengths, you can get different percentages, different drop levels. So I would say with CBD, always make sure you're speaking to a reputable firm or speaking to a qualified nutritionist or nutritional therapist 
therapist to make sure that the dosage that you're having is the right one for you but definitely could be an area to look at if you're interested and then the other herb that again has got some really good research behind supporting stress levels but also just helping to calm the body and supporting the adrenal glands is something called ashwagandha. so again double check it's safe for you to have speak to somebody who's qualified but they could be some extra little boosters alongside making some of these nutritional changes that can really help our body cope when we're feeling stressed I really hope you have found this podcast beneficial and you're very welcome to follow me on Instagram. I'm Jennifer underscore McDiamond underscore nutrition where there's lots more top tips all about how to support the body or please get in contact if you've got any questions or anything you'd like to check on a one-to-one basis. Thanks so much for listening in.